in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. To show that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. With the help of God, I'm going to look at like a tree planted in the house of God. I could have titled it Fruitful, Fat, and Flourishing. And you said, well, now, where'd you get? It's in the passage, amen? Fruitful, fat, and flourishing. But it is good. I trust tonight to broadcast this uh, broadcast. I've been doing radio broadcast all day. <laughs> I'm still hung up on doing radio. I hope the message will be a blessing. And let's go to the throne of grace. Brother James, how about you praying? Amen. The theme of Psalms chapter number 92, and if you are accustomed to writing in your Bible, right across chapter 92 at the top, you could write the sovereign rule of God. Psalms 92 verse 8, But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. And because of our, our God rules and reigns supremely, and always will, by the way, we can be the people of God He wants us to be. In verses 1 through 5, you have in this chapter, a worshiping people. And listen to what He says. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto Thy name, O Most High, to show forth Thy loving kindness in the morning and Thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, upon the psaltery, and upon the harp, with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. So we see in verses 1 through 5, we're a worshiping people. Notice in verse 6 through 11, we are an overcoming people. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring is the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forever. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. And all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Boy, I love this verse. One of my favorite verses in the Bible but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn, and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. So we see in this chapter we are a worshiping people, an overcoming people, but then in verses 12 through 15, He tells us we are to be a productive people. And the Lord likens us 
to trees. He likens us to trees. Notice first of all, he said this, we ought to flourish like the palm tree. In verse 12, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Now, the Word of God has uh, particular pictures all the way through it. And, uh, for instance, the eagle is a symbol of strength and courage. The mule being stubborn, unyielding, and resisting the reins. Sheep as a quiet animal yields to the call of the shepherd. And the Word of God has particular symbols. Fire is a symbol of both power and anointing of God. But here we find he uses as a symbol the palm tree. Now, I got interested, why, why the palm tree? I mean, he could have used any, any type of tree, but he chose to use the palm. And as a matter of fact, the palm tree is in a class all its own. It has a specific code of behavior. It's one of the only trees that it grows only by seed alone. It cannot grow from being grafted in or being cut. And I love this. It always green and bears fruit that is very sweet. One of the most interesting things about the palm tree is this, that the wind... And the storms can never destroy it. Wow. The wind, I mean, it'll bend, plumb to the ground, but then when the sun comes up, it'll pop right back up. Notice with me number eight. The storm can never defeat it. If it is damaged, it's the most interesting thing during a storm. If the palm tree, if the if the palm tree is damaged during a storm, it the top will begin to grow straight, sometimes fifty to a hundred feet high. It is one of the uh, uniquest trees in that it grows from the within. And it takes about 30 years to mature. Because of its strength and enduring the storms, it is one of the trees that its roots will go down as far as of 75 to 100 feet deep. It is very, very rooted in the ground. And uh, uh, it's amazing. It, it produces where there's very little rain. Well, after thinking about what, what do you do when you're dry? And I'm not talking about outside right now. You understand what I'm talking about spiritually. Dry on God. Do you worship anyway? Do you believe anyway? I mean, when it seems like the heavens is brass and, and, and God's gone on vacation, do you pray anyway? See, when we can do this, we become like the palm tree. We flourish like the palm tree. When you can do that, you can pray for anything. I'm, I'm amazed. You can pray for 
long life like Hezekiah did or health like David or, or sight like Bartimaeus or rain like Elijah. Don't pray for rain like Elijah, please. I, I mean, I praise God tonight. He's not limited by geography. Boy, don't miss this. God is not limited by geography. He heard Jonah in the deepest ocean. He heard Peter on the housetop. He heard Hezekiah on his bed, and he heard Jesus on a mountain, and he heard a dying thief on a cross. He's not limited by geography. I love this. Boy, this blesses my heart to know him. You can pray in different ways. You can pray short like Peter. Save me. Had he prayed long, he would have drowned him. You pray long like Solomon when he dedicated the temple. If you've ever read that prayer, you ought to read it. You can pray in silence like Hannah when Eli said, Woman, why are you drunk? She said, Well, I'm not drunk. She's like a bitterness of spirit. You can pray in secret like Nehemiah standing before Darius. You can pray in tears like Mary Magdalene at the tomb. I love this. You can pray any time. Pray in the morning like David. You pray at noon like Daniel. You can pray in midnight like Paul and Silas. And you can pray in sickness like Job. And guess what? You'll be heard. Prayer will give you strength to climb that mountain. Prayer is like that, like, uh, prayer is like that palm tree. It's rooted, it, it runs the roots real deep in the ground. And uh, it's able to flourish like a palm tree. But not only that, not only A, the storm can never defeat it, but B, the palm tree, like the palm tree, we're very peculiar people. The, the, the palm tree was especially peculiar. Um... The fruit of this tree is right in the top as far as possible from the earth and as close to the heaven as it can get. I, I, I thought this is so good. I love this. There's no part of the palm tree that's not edible. You can literally eat the entire palm tree. And uh, the palm tree can mature in any kind of condition. It can grow while there's a storm going. It can grow when it's bone dry. It can mature in any kind of conditions. Literally, the palm tree draws water from the deep roots that it has. So it is not, it is not, uh, it doesn't have to have the things around it to grow. Mine is something. We as God's people tonight will flourish like the palm tree. We need to get our roots good and deep so when the circumstances around us, we, don't, we, we can continue to grow and mature. Oh, I love this. I love, I love this. The palm tree is soft on the inside, but it has a tough resistant coating on the outside. May I, may I say this? We ought to be, our hearts ought to be tender and soft on the inside. 
But you better have a pretty thick skin on the outside to live in this world today. Can I get an amen right there? You'd better have a pretty thick skin. But we need remain soft and sweet on the inside. The palm tree, the older it gets, the better and the sweeter the fruit gets. You don't have to get me as a junkyard dog when you get old. Can I say that again? I've known some senior saints as men in the junkyard dog. You don't have to be. As you get older, you don't have to get ugly and unkind. You can't get... As a matter of fact, if you're like a palm tree, the older you get, the sweeter and the kinder you will get. And uh, because a palm tree, literally, as it gets older... It gets better and it gets sweeter. Not only that, a palm tree takes a long time to mature. If it matures very quickly, it dies very quickly. If it matures very quickly, it dies very quickly. Palm trees get older, the fruit is more abundant. They produce more fruit. As they get older, I would like to remind you, you never get too old to serve God. Never get too old. The more adversity that the palm tree faces, the deeper the roots go into the ground. The more adversity, the first thing when adversity comes, when the storms come, when the storms rage on this palm tree, it starts growing downward and it gives you strength. My eyes, the palm tree, may we continue to be fruitful even when there's no rain, whenever the, the adversity comes in our life. I, I was thinking as I was preparing this uh, earlier this week, uh, all through the Bible you had, had men that faced tremendous adversity um, uh, Job was, was a man of tremendous, unbelievable adversity. But, it went, but at the end of that thing, his roots were real good and deep. And, and may I say, God gave him back everything, plus twice as much as twice as much life. And uh, Daniel prayed. It, it, you, you watch Daniel's life, you'll see me. He went in captivity as a teenager. But he stayed, he stayed, he stayed sweet and kind on God. He didn't get bitter. Uh, uh, I challenge you, read the life of Joseph and see anywhere he gets, he gets bitter and angry at God because of this or because of that. And, uh, well, as I get older and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting younger. Amen. And, uh, uh, I'm getting younger. I'm just not going. I'm refused. Eddie keeps telling me how old I am, but I'm not. Amen. But uh, uh, he keeps reminding. He says, "You're getting old." No, I'm not getting old. But I want to, with, with the Lord's help, as I grow more in Christ, as I grow older, I want to be sweeter and kinder. I want to. I want to treat people better. I want to be. I just want to. Uh, be the best. I want to be in my senior years the best Christian I've ever been. 
I'm more excited about preaching now than I did when I started. See, I don't think we uh, have to quit and give up. Boy, Daniel prayed. And uh, boy, the first day the answer didn't come. Second day the answer. Third day. Took 21 days. But praise God, the answer came. So first of all, he said, I want you to flourish like the palm tree. Second, he said, I want you fashioned like the cedar. Now, the cedar has a place its own. As a matter of fact, the cedar was a divine favorite of kings. You'll find King Haram, whenever uh, the leader of the nation of Tyre, uh, when Solomon wanted to build a temple, he hired him uh, to send him the cedars. Now, these huge, strong cedars were provided. Let me ask you a question. What's the most important thing about that wall? If I look at the wall, is it the sheetrock? Is it the lots? Is it the paint job? Boy, what's a good paint job? We painted, amen. No, the, the, we had that painted last time, didn't we? The paint job. Is it the windows? What's the most important thing about that wall? The studs, what underpins, what holds up what's on the outside. The cedars, their main job was to be the, the framing, the underpinning, the rafters of the great temples and great homes. Cedars were not seen uh, by only one time as a temple was being built. And yet, they existed the same. Well, I was driving across the road this, to, this evening coming to church. And I thought, I wonder how many cedars will I have show up tonight. The world doesn't see you here. The world doesn't know that you're here. Others may not know that you're here. But you're here. And you play a vital, vital part. Boys, sometimes in this church, it's not what you see. Sometimes. Um, we had a beautiful banquet Saturday. Everybody come in and enjoyed it. That is what made the banquet. It was, not, it was the hour spent over here. He was the hours me and Matthew spent crawling on the floor stinging them stupid tablecloths out. I tell you, it was what's not seen. It's the people in our church that was here last night to clean this building. So you could come to a clean church. And by the way, by the way, when we have people come to our church, you need to know this. They walk in and they say, man, this, this church is so beautiful and so clean. They just, they, just, they just rave about the fact of it being beautiful and being clean. That's not an accident. 
This build, I know it's a shock to you. This building does not clean itself. Somebody's got to push a vacuum cleaner. Somebody's got to clean the bathroom. Somebody's got to, uh, I, I was, somebody's got to fix a, a, a toilet handle. Somebody's got to do this. Somebody's got to replace a light bulb. Somebody, somebody, somebody's got to keep the yard mowed. Somebody has to do that. That's them cedars. Just like the studs in that wall there. You don't see them. But may I tell you, you don't have charge if we don't have them. You don't have that wall there if you don't have them. These rafters here are 65 feet long. They, they hooked them in the middle. And as the crane went to set the rafters in this, them things would wave just like wings in, in the wind. And they would set them on top of these, these walls here. And they would fasten them and brace them down. Mind you, if these walls were not strong, this thing would collapse. Cedars are not always seen. By the way, by the way, that's the reason why you're to pray for your Sunday school teacher. You don't just get up and teach. It takes time to prepare. That's not seen. Tonight, the patchworkers uh, out here, you ought to thank them. Because, you know, somebody's prepared the lessons they're going to teach. Somebody's made arrangements for the lessons to teach. See, I'm just, I'm just simply saying, the cedars were, were those, those timbers that were not seen, but yet they were so important. They served as that inward bracing for the outward pressure. May I remind you, there must be something on the inside that is strong enough to bear the pressure from the outside. Do you have something on the inside? No, I'm, I'm not talking about you wrote a bad check, you got to go to the bank or you stumped your toe. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you got to run your nose, you got to run the dog. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the pressures of life, I mean, start cranking down. Have you got something on the inside? That keeps you going, keeps you walking for God. Cedars were spoken of by Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Amos, Zephaniah, Zechariah. May I remind you, these Old Testament prophets knew what it was to endure pressure. Multiple times, cedars are mentioned in the Psalms. Perhaps they're mentioned so much because characteristics are to be desired and esteemed by righteous men. Got wide branches, heaven aspiring and tempest grabbling uh, are these huge trees. Cedars grow in unlikely conditions. Cedars grow in the most extreme weather conditions on the earth. These cedars He's talking about grew in Tyre. Tyre was a coastal city on the Mediterranean Sea. The summers brought humidity and its storms, not just an occasional thunderstorm, but hurricanes would be spawned, I mean, continually. And when the winter set in, the snow would be absolutely 
uh, unbelievable, the lake effect snow like to have up north. And the cedars, because of their strength, would survive the hurricanes and the storms and the snow. In addition to that, they were, they, they grew at 6,000 feet above sea level, which is the highest level any vegetation can possibly grow. That's where you find the cedars. You know what I find? I find great Christians. I find great Christians grow in some of the most challenging adversities. They face tremendous adversities and yet they still grow. Great Christians grow in, in the midst of great adversity. The pits in the prison of Joseph seemed to only strengthen his commitment and abilities for the day, and not knowing it, not knowing it, for the day he would be in the palace second in command. Could you, could you imagine that? His brothers sold him. Most historians say it's while they were eating lunch, they threw him in the pit to die. While they're sitting up there eating, he's, he's dying down there. They sold him, sold their brother. And then little did he know, at Potiphar's house, he would be falsely accused and thrown in prison. And then it looked like nothing was ever going to go right. Every turn. And then, of course, the uh, butler forgot him. But then the day came when Pharaoh dreamed a dream. And the butler said, Oh my, I remember you got a dude in prison. He can interpret dreams. At that moment, every bit of that. But I wonder what happened if Joseph said, Well, God, you've not been fair. I quit. I'm tired of this. You've not been fair. You put me in prison. I'm done. I'm over. We never made it to the palace. But in every circumstance, it was God growing him into storms, hurricanes, and the snow that spiritually came to Joseph. So when the day came for him to be ready for the palace, he was ready. My, it's amazing how God works. It's amazing. And it's amazing. You'll never find recorded in the Bible, never, where Joseph ever complained about his lot in life. Never did. Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Secondly, cedars grow in unlikely conditions, but cedars have the deepest roots of almost any tree. The cedar grows 60 to 80 feet high. The roots, but they're, they're different than the palm tree. The palm tree's got deep roots as well. But these deep roots do something different. Because of where they're located, they will grow deep. And they wrap themselves 
around rocks in the earth. The roots will grow down and they will wrap themselves, they will twine themselves around the rocks in the earth. Can I help you tonight? If you grow your roots deep and wrap around the rock of ages, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never be destroyed either. Boy, it gives us strength like none other. One cedar was approximately 3,500 years old and it's still standing. I love this. Boy, I see some men that served God all their life and in their senior years, they're still serving God in that good. Listen, Daniel, now I believe he prayed a lot more, but if Daniel only prayed five minutes every day, now I believe he prayed much more than that, but let's say five minutes, three times a day for 70 years, the time he spent in prayer would have been 6,387 hours he prayed. And when he ordered the decree, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into the house and his windows being opened in chambers toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Deep roots in the face of adversity. Number three, number C, cedars do not grow in mild climates. Cedars do not, will not, will not grow in mild climates. Cedars only grow in adverse climates. Midnight storms. Can I say this? Now, I don't mind you shouting. It doesn't bother me one bit. But you probably not do much growing in the shout. But boy, when you're in the tears, when you're in the struggle, when you're in the struggle, when you're in that, when you're in that challenging time, and in whatever, whatever, and I mean very challenging time, that's when the cedar grows. I love this. In this hour, the cry for revival is looking for a palm tree and for cedars, but too many are like the willows. Easily bent this way or that way. Many are like the aspen, tremble under every storm of assault. Many are like the bramble bush, sharp points that only wound. I don't want to live life wounding others, hurting others. So we need to flourish like the palm tree. We need to be fashioned like the cedar. But then I love this. We need to be found planted in the house of God. And those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Well, there's something about people that are planted. Can I be real personal? You. You. Let's be honest. I walked outside and said, it's cold. Man, it's, it'd be a good night to stay home. But I'm the preacher, so I got to go. I mean, but he would. It, 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 and, and we all got it'd be good. It'd be a good night. But you know what? But you didn't. And you were found planted. I went to see an old woman. She was just on up in age. 
And she told me this. I love it. Standing at the foot of her bed, she said, Preacher, I can't hear a lick. I can't hear nothing my pastor says on Sunday morning. But I go every time the doors is open because I want the devil to know I've been counted for God. She went every time the doors was open. Psalms 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law they meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I want to close tonight with a story. It's called The Daffodil Principle. A young lady called her mother and said, Mom, I want you to come over. I want to show you uh, some daffodils. And her mother said, well, I'll come next Tuesday. And uh, when she finally arrived, uh, she hugged and greeted the grandchildren. And she said, listen, honey, said, just forget the daffodils. The road is... Is invisible, the clouds and the fog. There's nothing in the world except you and these kids I want to see anyhow. And the daughter smiled calmly and said, Well, I was hoping you'd take me over to the garage to pick up my car. She said, Well, I'll, I'll do it. And the daughter said, I'll drive. Uh, and we drive in this weather all the time, so I'll drive just a few blocks. So they get in the car and they start driving. And a few, after a few minutes, she said, Where are we going? Well, uh, we're going to my garage, but I'm, I'm going by the way of the daffodils. And said, Mom, I, I want you to see this. I promise you, you'll never miss the experience. Well, they turned on a small gravel road, and they saw a small church. And a hand, they saw a hand-lettered sign, Daffodil Garden. And so they followed the, the road down to a little path, and and when they turned the corner, she looked up and gasped. Before her eyes was the most glorious sight she'd ever seen. The flowers were planted in majestic, swirling patterns, deep orange, white, lemon, yellow, uh, pink, every color. There was five acres of flowers, daffodils, planted in this open field. And the mother said, Wow, who done this? She said, Just one woman. She lives on the property. So they drove up to her house and they walked up on the porch and there was a big sign said, Questions I know you'll ask. Question number one, How many were they? 50,000 bulbs. Question number two. How, how did you do it? One at a time, by one woman, two hands, two feet, and a very little brain. How long did it take you to do it? She said, I began in 1958. 
This unknown woman had forever changed the world in which she lived. She had created something magnificent, beautiful, and inspiring. Now the principle of her daffodil garden was this. Keep moving forward in faith. One step at a time. Love the doing. And often just one baby step at a time. The mother said, this, this makes me really sad. What might have I accomplished if I had thought of something like this 35 years ago and had worked at it one bulb at a time all through these years? Just think what I might have been able to achieve. And her daughter looked there and said, start today. Start today. If you're not a palm tree, start today. If you're not a cedar, start today. And if you're not planted, and for the most part I think you are, you're here tonight, then be planted. Be planted at the house of God. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need any.